I'm Lauren. And I'm Ashley. And this, guys, is Nip Tuck Pod. We are your girl chat. We say the things you want to hear, the things that you're thinking but you don't want to say out loud. And we're all about being strong, aspirational women who basically don't give a... Uh, Lauren, anyway, if you want unfiltered chat, amazing beauty and product recommendations, then look no further, guys. This is the podcast where you will get all of the girly chat. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi guys, so this week on Lucky Person's Secret 2, we are joined by the lovely Montana Rose Brown. Unfortunately, Montana's internet was a bag of shit and the line is a little bit dodgy. But please bear with her, have some patience because it's such a good app. She is funny, she is honest. We get so much Love Island goss. So please, please, please just exercise a little patience on this one and I hope you enjoy. You can be the nicest peach You can be the fuzziest peach and the fluffiest peach and the ripest peach on the tree. But honestly, someone's just going to come along who doesn't like peaches. And that's absolutely fine because you can't please everybody. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Vicky Patterson, The Secret 2. I am joined this week by Love Islander, business owner, and all-round beautiful person, Montana Rose Brown. Welcome, Petal. Oh, oh my God, that was such a lovely introduction. Thank you so much for having me. My absolute pleasure, mate. Honestly, how have you been? Yeah, really good, actually. I mean, we've briefly spoken about this before, but new puppy... Yes. Dog mum life. It's been real. No, honestly, mate, like I so I so appreciated your message the other day. I am I'm having I think what I'm going through is totally normal and I'm hope you're gonna tell us it is, but I, I have had a couple of days where I just feel like I'm drowning. I spend my time either crying um <sighs> or picking up poo. So that's what my job is every single day and trying to work out why he keeps scratching me and nipping me. That's my day. I'm like, why have I tried to get a dog? But it does get easier, I promise. So as well, right, I think, I mean, my my mum's come down to help us with a man because I'm so, I'm experiencing like really weird emotions. And I know everyone with kids listening to this is probably going to think, fuck off, Vicky, he's a Labrador, he's being too dramatic. (laughs) But honestly, like I, so when I'm trying to work, I feel guilty that um, I'm not giving him enough attention. Then when I'm playing with him and he just wants to bite us, I feel guilty that I'm scolding him. Like, And then when his dad comes in, when Erkan comes in from work, he's like so happy, such a good boy, wags his little tail off, not a backwards <laughs> glance for the mug who's been picking up his shit, feeding him and has been his human chew toy all day. Like, So then I feel angry. Like, It's so not what I thought it was going to be. Like, yes, I love him more than I ever thought it was possible to love anything. But also, like, I just think I, I totally underestimated it. Is that normal? 
Yeah, 100%. I think you do feel like, especially when you spend all day with them, that you feel like you're consistently telling them off. But I think it does get easier. Like I felt like I was saying no all day, every day, with the nipping, the jumping up, the chewing the pillows, the chewing the shoes. But it's paid off now because now he's he's like relatively obedient, minus the shit inside. But also he's just, he's the same with my other half. Actually, he I feel like he's way more obedient with him. And I'm like, excuse me, I pick up your poo all day long. You chew my ankle to shit, and yet you're being really well behaved. Suddenly, that's, that's that's interesting. It's the fucking lack of respect that gets me because I just think you like. Hang on a second, like. If there's an alpha here, I'd like to think it was me. Like, I've got mad big dick energy. Like, if you should be respecting anyone, you little scumbag, it should be me. But no, Er, he knows Erkan is a boy and he must know your partner is a boy. And obviously, both our little dogs, our dogs are boys, aren't they? And they know we're girls. That's all I can think of. It's completely animalistic, but that's what I've reverted to, sexism. No, it 100% is. Our dogs are misogynists, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and also, what I like to do, actually, to, to do instead is I make her and my other half pick up all the poos in the garden. I refuse to do it. Because I'm like, he respects you more, so you have to pick up the shit in the garden. End of story. And that's the deal. <laughs> I feel like that is fair. I, Urkan, right, I can't slug Urkan off for this right because he is actually really good like he gets up with them through the night if he want if if like Milo wants to be outside he's just he is a really hands-on puppy dad um but he got a glimpse the other day into what my days are like like you come back from work and Milo obviously hadn't had a chance to expel all of that energy because I'd had to do podcasts and work and stuff so anyway <laughs> so when Erkan got home he was a little bit rambunctious and after like I did this twitch with Dom Jolly and Erkan come in afterwards and he looked like an exhausted new mum after an hour and I went what's the matter he went he's done four shits he's bit me t-shirt and I just looked at him and I was like welcome to my world son like no sympathy just like what do you think he's like all day with me you dickhead he's not fucking sitting there in his basket looking cute he's a fluffy (laughs) terrorist oh yeah I know this similar thing happened to me looked after him for one day he was like oh my god I, I don't know how you do that every day I'm like okay we sound like new mothers don't we like, I th- I, that's the vibe I'm getting. I know. Well, the dog, I think the dog man community is very much like dogs are like children. And I've actually had a few messages saying that dogs are actually worse than children. Because let's say, for example, if your baby does a poo and it's nappy, you could, in theory, leave it there for a while and no one would know. Yeah. But actually, you can't do that with a dog. That's my sister. My sister's got a new, well, I say she's a newborn, maybe it's a year and a half now. Um, and apparently so grown up, which is just heartbreaking because I really enjoyed the baby phase. But um, she says, it's honestly, Vicky, she went like, I've, my sister's had both a puppy and a baby. And she went, you can't whack a nappy on a dog. No. Like, uh, solid <laughs> advice from my sister. She just went, listen, it's really hard. You can't whack a nappy on a dog. I was like, thank you, Laura. That makes me feel so much better. <laughs> Right, listen, we've procrastinated. I've talked to you so much about puppies. And what I really want to speak to you about is the new series of Love Island. I'll tell you what, this is like my favourite time of the year because I feel like really exciting, new series, new people. Um, Other than the fact that, you know, it makes me a year older. um, I think it's a really exciting time um, for the newbies because they've they've got so much to come. Yeah. Right, okay. 
two seconds because obviously I've never been in Love Island but I have done the jungle and various other reality TV shows and for a while right after I'd just done it I couldn't really watch the jungle properly like I had to watch it god the year after it was like my job to watch it because I presented the after show but I felt such intense jealousy about like what they were going through, what they were experiencing, like seeing them form bonds and have this amazing journey that I myself had gone through. I felt so jealous. Do you get a little twinge of that or are you totally normal? (laughs) So I think for the first like two years afterwards, I was so jealous. I was like, I can't believe these lots are having this amazing experience because it is a once in a lifetime experience, and you probably know this from, yeah. from the jungle, but no one else will understand how amazing it is to form those kind of bonds with people yeah. um, in such a close proximity. So, oh, I'm jealous. It's all the challenges. Yeah. You don't get to do those challenges in everyday life, but you feel like you're in like a, a gigantic playground full of fit people. It's fantastic. Never again. <laughs> what it's is everyday life? Everyone, everyone else has to sift through all the terrible people in the world, the terrible yeah. boys and girls. But like on the show, everyone's just funny, witty. Like everyone gets along with everyone. It just makes the whole process easier. Like if Love Island does it for you. Oh god, you're making it sound like sort of like an adult utopia. Like I absolutely love it. <laughs> oh, I, if I was, I would have loved. Me and Ollie Murs had this conversation. I would have fucking loved to have done Love Island. It's, I think you would have been fantastic on it, and it, and it's so nice because you don't have your phone. It's kind of a bit of a detox. You don't really think about anything else you're really like living in the moment and because all the cameras are kind of hidden which is so different kind of with um I think Geordie Shaw like you don't get followed around the cameras as much um it's kind of very subtle so you're just kind of living everyday life with hidden cameras so it's it it does feel very natural the thing with Geordie Shaw is we had a hybrid so um it's like half Love Island Big Brother style, you know, um, mm-hmm. fit, they call them fixed cams, so hidden cameras, GoPros if you're in a car, whatever, which are very discreet and make forgetting that they're there easy. But then for the more pivotal, quite dramatic moments, yeah, we've got like three massive cameramen running around as well with like <laughs> huge fucking huge video cameras. Um, so it's it's difficult to forget that they're then. But by that point, we're, norm- we're normally so pissed all inhibitions were out the window anyway <laughs> you didn't notice <laughs> um see, right. see that's the difference with love island they don't, they don't get you drunk on love islands they only give you two drinks that, so you're unable what? to I was going to ask you about that because I remember talking to Scott Thomas about it and like he asked me advice before he went in and I was like, go for it, mate. I was like, you were made for TV because me and Scott have been mates for years. And he was like, yeah, but what about when I drink? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you, obviously I, I, I would be a bit of a hypocrite to say like, oh, don't drink or do this or do that or it'll be fine because obviously we've seen how I acted on TV when I'd had a skin full and it wasn't always fine and ideal, was it? So um, <laughs> I just said, oh, I'm like, just try and limit yourself a bit. And the first thing I asked him when he came out, I was like, how was it? And he was like, you got fucking two drinks a night, Vicky man. Like I was like begging for more. <laughs> I was like, obviously it's a totally different um, show to Geordie Shaw and um, it is re- it is more glamorous. I don't think I'm um, seeing anything untoward when I say that and you guys do always look so fantastic and perfectly quivered so I suppose it, it just fits it fits that vibe but did you, yeah, are you you're not time. you're not a big drinker anyway are you mates you didn't really miss it no so I tell you what that people used to fight over my alcohol because I used to order it it used to come and I'd be like nah 
I was never that fast. I think it's only now, and I'm 25, but all since I was 18, I've never been alcohol driven at all. Yeah. Even at university, I used to be like, yeah, yeah I'm just popping to the toilet. I used to drive home. Honestly? At like 11. I used to leave parties early. Yeah. Which is weird because I don't know where that came from. Like, no, honestly, no judgment here. It's a perfectly acceptable and healthy life choice. Like, if anything, I'm a little bit jealous. Like, I know when I was growing up, like, I almost had to have alcohol to enjoy myself. Like, I'm different now. I'm super secure in who I am. And I love a drink, you know, if the time's right, but I don't need it. Um, but do you feel like as you've got older now, like, you enjoy drinking in a, like, in a different way? Do you do it, sit with your partner, have a glass of wine? Is it more a social vibe? Yeah, so I, I think I just, I really like to choose who I'm drinking with. I like to drink with people who can drink in moderation and, like, over a meal or go out for dinner and have a few cocktails. Um, like, I think I get really intimidated with people who, like, are always taking it too far in terms of, like, always want the night to just go on and on and on because I'm like the opposite I'm like I want the night to be until about midnight and then I want to go home and get my hours sleep so if anyone's on board with that then I'll be (laughs) scurrying off where my where my Cinderella's at is that what you're after (laughs) literally exactly I need a Cinderella very much and like all my school friends are very much like that so but I, I think I'm enjoying it now more because I like getting drunk with like my good friends and people that I trust and people that I know that if, you know, I do drink too much, then they're going to look after me. And I think that was always my worry, I think, of just making a fool out of myself. Um, and especially because I don't drink that much, I'm always really conscious. Like, I remember, like, I went to my, my first few events when I left Love Island and obviously you get, like, free drinks. And I was like, oh, my God, three drinks? What is this? So I'd have about four drinks. I'd be like, oh, God. Oh, God. I'm like... Am I, am I getting drunk? I think I'm just hydrate, hydrate. Let me just get some water. Let me get some water. I don't want to go too far. But obviously, I just never, ever let myself go. Whereas now, I feel like I'm really, really letting myself go and able to, like, enjoy it and not think about, like, how much I'm drinking. I'm Honestly, I think just a, a grandma inside. <laughs> but, like, it's, it's lovely that, like, you... I mean, I feel like the whole binge drinking thing, like, I did it obviously to excess in my youth um people have seen it and you know I did it not even on camera as well like it was it was part of me culture growing up but um culture um or lack thereof but yeah I feel like uh, when you get a bit older like mid-20s late 20s 30s even like it's such you like your relationship with alcohol totally changes and it's such a it is so lovely now. Like I have like three or four cocktails on a night out or a bottle of wine with a can over food. Like I am, you would hate me, Montana. Like I am always the person who like, it's like, let's do a shot right at the end. Like I just can't help myself. Um, but ultimately like I, what, I, what I want out of my nights out have changed or nights in for that matter. Like I don't want to wake up with a raging headache and, and not and have holes in my night. Like I love waking up and going, wasn't that great? And I, I love going to bed at a reasonable time and sitting chatting with people about stamp duty quite frankly like I am that boring cow <laughs> so like th- you've got that to look forward to just so you know in your 30s like you think you're you're chilled now wait till you get your 30s it's pa- it's practically fucking morbid I mean it's quite nice though because I, I feel like I'm, the mentality is already there in terms of like I'm very much like you like, I like to kind of do things in my house like with my good friend over a dinner party and get drunk with those people whereas I feel like every single time I'm in a club I always find myself with people that I'm like why am I here? Who are these people? And I always end up looking after people or taking someone home. Yeah. So I'm the most sober. 
But that's that's the problem with being the designated Dave, I'm afraid, mate. That's why this one never learnt to drive. Like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't drive. <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, so and, uh, tell me, right, there's going to be a whole new like house of Islanders and they are probably sitting somewhere nervous. I don't know if they have access to podcasts. Probably not. But if no. they could... No, you don't. Oh, same as us. Like they put, it's almost like isolation before you go in, isn't it? But yeah. if you could give any of them any advice, what would it be? That's such a good question. I think my advice would be to have realistic expectations of when you're coming off the show because a lot of people that go on Love Island are super successful. They kind of are in the industry for a really long period of time and that's what they can do for the rest of their lives. Some people go on Love Island, they're on it for two days, they quit their job, they're unable to go back to their old job and then they're kind of left unable to work as an influencer to sustain their life and also not able to go back to their old job. And I think there's such a stigma um, of people going on a show like Geordie Shore or like Love Island or any of these other reality shows um, there's such a stigma against going back to like a normal job. They're like, oh, well, I failed if I have to go back to my normal job. And so I think it's really important to weigh up your pros and cons. Like, yeah, it might go amazingly well. It might be super successful. You know, you might be the new face of, I don't know, Gucci for all. You never know. But also you might have to go back to your old job. the stars, and kid. You might. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody stars. Um, or that you equally might have to go back to your old job or, you know, take another diploma doing something else because you're unable to work an influence. And I think that's still okay. But I think people have such high expectations of going on a show like that because they see people like Molly May and all these other people who just boom after they come off of the show that they expect that to happen for them. And I think that's where people get their disappointments and people get their lows and people get depressed and people get anxious because... It's a very competitive industry. I mean, you know, kind of more than anybody. Um, it can You're constantly kind of looking in your peripherals, like, oh, what are they doing? And what brands are they working with? Why do they want to work with me? Maybe it's because I need to do more of that. Oh, she's doing more of this. She's doing more makeup stuff. Maybe I should try and do more makeup stuff. Um, so I think just be unique. Um, and then the brands will follow you for being unique and authentic. I don't think you should try and copy anybody. I think you've just got to stay true to yourself and just do what you love doing. Honestly, Montana, I was talking to me producer before I got you on this morning and I was like, God, Montana's only 25. Like she just, and it's not because of the way you look, like you're absolutely stunning. And like, it, it's because you've got such a mature head on your shoulders. Like I didn't have that insight. Like I was not that measured and it like just intelligent at your age I, at all. And I'm not meaning to sound condescending or patronizing I hope you don't feel like that I'm just so fucking in awe of you like that's it's it's such a difficult thing to realize like and I think 
it, it must be so hard for these Love Islanders and, and, and anybody going into reality TV or any 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 industry in, in particular, when you see the success that is available and how well other people have done and stuff. And it must it must feel like such a disappointment if you don't emulate that, if you can't reach those dizzying heights. But of course, everybody can't, can they? No, exactly. And not everybody can make it off of Love Island. Not everybody can be super successful from Love Island. And because it is a show that is on every single year, the pressure on some of these individuals who may be you know, just leave their whole life behind thinking that they were going to be super successful and be an influence yeah. full time. And, you know, they were only on it for two days. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a lot of pressure to put on yourself as well as that. I think you can probably definitely relate is that, say, if, say in the music industry, you know, you're based on your music. If someone doesn't like your music, it's got nothing to do with who you are, your personality, and if people don't like you. With a show like Love Island and reality in general, People are voting for you. People are mm-hmm. kind of engaging with you based on the fact that they like you or not. So that's another thing that, especially when such young people are going on the show, people from as young as 18 or 19 are going on the show, that's a lot of pressure to deal with. People being like, I don't like you. I think you're a whole person. And that's just one person's opinion. But, to, yeah. but that seems so important at the time. You're like, oh, my God, I must be a terrible person because... Glenda from Bristol has told me that I'm a terrible person. Fucking Glenda. And you, just, you just take everything so to heart. No. <laughs> I honestly totally get it like I remember when we all went on Geordie Shaw and the the landscape was totally different back then like you're talking 10 years ago you didn't have like these huge reality tv juggernauts like um, Love Island like X on the Beach like my ourselves and Towie and Made in Chelsea kind of I don't want to say paved the way because of course there was things like Big Brother and the original Love Island and all sorts that came a long time before were, but I do think we kicked off um, a resurgence in reality TV. Oh, you did. And um, we just didn't know what to expect. Like, I remember, and Holly stands out to me in particular, because she came in the house and she was like, I've just took a holiday. <laughs> She's like, I've just took a holiday from my job. Like, I've told them I'm having six weeks off and I'm going <laughs> back. And like, I, I honestly can't, my memory is not that good. But I think like after the show finished, she just toddled back into our call centre. Like nothing had happened because we didn't know. It was months before the show went out. It wasn't um, in real time, yeah. like like uh, like Love Island is. Um, and yeah, we were all kind of just in limbo wondering like, is it going to, is it going to take off? Are we going to be big or are we all going to be back in our call centres? So yeah, I think managing your expectations is great advice and god I'd, I'd love everybody to go on the show and be super successful and be like yourself or be like dr alex or be like Mora, chris whatever but unfortunately it's just not the reality and that must be like you say very hard to take for um, a young person did you ever experience any laws when you came out of out of the villa was there moments of I suppose anxiousness was the moments of like competitiveness for the other islanders. How did you feel? I think I I definitely felt so overwhelmed when I left because especially for our series, yeah. nobody knew that it was going to be big. Genuinely, nobody went in with an agent. Nobody even thought for one moment that it was going to be a boom. I remember thinking, oh yeah, I'll just get a grad job after this. I'll just go back to my normal life. It'd be fun. This is a fun experience. And I genuinely yeah. didn't think anyone would watch it. So I didn't really tell anybody that I was going on. I thought, no one's going to watch it. No one really watches Love Island. And so as soon as I left, you know, I got picked apart on social media, just in general. Um, And a lot of it was to do with my looks. 
Now, I never, ever had a complex about the way I looked at all um, until I went on Love Island. And then I started Amazing. taking myself apart because all of these people were like, she's got a lazy eye, you know, she's she's definitely got... Because I'm like part Japanese, I've got like Asian eyes, but everyone's like, she's got a lazy eye. And then I started thinking I had a lazy eye. I was looking into getting eye surgery. I shouldn't. Genuinely. I shouldn't laugh, but it's, it's horrible, mate. It's horrible. That made you feel that way. I know. I know. And then I, I remember going to my first event, and um, I can't actually for the life of me remember who I was speaking to, but it was someone who had been in the industry for a long, long, long time. And I was... And she was talking about, like, Botox and, like, fillers. And I it's not something that I'd ever had done um, at that time. And I was like... What? what is that because I was I was only 20 and none of my friends had had anything done and I just, it was just like a foreign thing like it wasn't normal at all and then I heard someone talking about it and she was like yeah you know you can get Botox and make you look younger and you can get fillers fucking younger at 20 like, what do you want to look like a 12 year old that's madness <laughs> I know and and then literally the next day I remember I like just googled I was like Botox and filler clinic genuinely and I and I made an appointment and I showed them a picture I can't remember who I showed them a picture of I think it was literally someone who was probably about 30 or 40 someone who like I thought was really beautiful and and I was like I really want these cheeks and I remember having this like filler this this clinic that I went to they put so much filler in my cheeks they put no. it in my chin and I just remember I got home yeah and I remember getting home and I like sobbed because I was like what have I done? I was like, I have ruined no. my face. It's heartbreaking. Oh, Montana, like, Honestly, like I was, yeah. I'm such a huge fan of Love Island. Absolutely, always love the show. I'm such a geek. I love reality TV in general. The only thing I remember about you and your series was that you were sassy, you were feisty, you would call it like it is, but in a really funny way. I remember thinking you were beautiful. I remember thinking, like, if I was the, if I was a fella, I'd want to couple up with her. I honestly, and this is so appropriate, remember thinking you had the best ass I've ever seen. <laughs> like I'm not, like I don't remember any of this shit, but. That's because I'm, like, I'm a well-adjusted adult. Like, I don't, I'm not a cruel troll. Like, I'm so sorry yeah. anyone ever made you feel that way. But looking back and thinking how young you were and in your 20s, like, in particular, early 20s, you're just so insecure and working out so many things about yourself. Like, I'm just not surprised, mate. Like, fucking hell. I, I'm so sorry is yeah. all I can say. And I obviously know that now it faded away, the filler and stuff, right? Yes, well, I mean, I got it dissolved very shortly after because I was just yeah. mortified with the way I looked. But I think, again, it goes back to that, like, that advice of people going on Love Island because people are so young. And yeah. I was so impressionable. I wasn't even yeah. sure who I really was at that age. And I think you're still finding your feet of who you want to be and, you know, what kind of a person you want to be when you grow up. You're still kind of figuring that out and what you want to do in your life at 2021. Um, and and so it, it was a it was a lot to deal with because there was a lot in this industry that I've never ever ever been susceptible to. Like, for example, like drugs. I've never ever done any drugs. No one really talks about drugs. Never ever ever. It was like a unknown unknown thing. People just like, oh, that only happens in film. <laughs> like genuinely. And, <laughs> and, then, and then I just remember, like, but you know, like how the events are. Like, yeah. It's just so rife. Like everyone's talking about it. I was like. Is this the Wolf of Wall Street? Am I missing something? I was like, I swear this doesn't happen in real life. But it actually does. <laughs> yeah. I was like in absolute shock. I was like, I don't understand. I was like, I thought this only happened in film. So it was just like a baptism of fire for you. 
it was literally like a baptism of fire. But I know what you mean. Like it's so it's so normalized in our industry. So I totally understand, Mon. Especially because I was so young, and I think I'm from this like small village in Hertfordshire, where like you know it was uncool to smoke. Like if anyone was even daring to to pick up a cigarette, I'd be like, oh my god, that's disgusting! Don't you dare smoke that cigarette. So as soon as I went to these um. When the events in London, I was like in shock. I was like, what is wrong with all these people? I was like, this is like the Wolf of Wall Street. I was like, where am I? And it was just insane because I'd never ever been around people that did it. I genuinely just thought like it was it was just something that happened in the in the movies. So it was it was a real like harsh awakening, I think, with the life of like Botox, fillers, plastic surgery, drugs, drinking, like so it it, it definitely was like a real eye opener. Well, guys, that is the end of part one, Vicky Fats and Secret 2, with the gorgeous Montana Rose Brown. Uh, Mon, will you will you come back in part two to chat more silly things with me? Oh, absolutely. Wouldn't be anywhere else. Yeah, what a, what a queen. Right, guys, see you in part two. Bye.